morning. Um, before I read the scripture, I just wanted to share something. I, um, I, this scripture is very meaningful to me because I, I steered clear from God and the church for about 15 years. And it wasn't that I didn't, I didn't have faith or I didn't have belief. I just steered clear. And when I finally decided to pray to God and, or come to services, I thought everyone's going to look at me. God doesn't want to talk to someone like me. And uh, coming to scripture, God has it in black and white exactly how much he wants us around. So <clears throat> today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 10 to 14. Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you, in heaven their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of your father in heaven that one of these little ones should go lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for sharing what that scripture means to you. Well, once again, grace and peace to you, beloved. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was eight or nine years old, a boy at school invited all of our classmates to his birthday party. You can imagine something like this. He invited everyone except me. I'll be honest, at the time, my feelings were really hurt. I thought that the boy and I were friends. We actually lived on the same street. It was a dirt road in a rural county in Texas, and he actually lived toward the end of it so that I saw car after car after car on the day of the party taking my classmates to this party to which I had not been invited. Being excluded hurts. The experience can leave us feeling a little bit lost. It can also lead us to wander a bit, wondering if we have a place to belong. In the passage that we read this morning, Jesus tells a story about a wandering sheep. Now we find this story in the 18th chapter of Matthew. At this time, Jesus and his disciples are in Capernaum, so you can see that at the top of the map. And what we know from happens next is that Jesus and his disciples are about to make their way south to Jerusalem, where he will be greeted into the city with fanfare, with people waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So my point is that this passage is not from Jesus' first sermon. 
He's been building his message for three years carefully, and he's also at this time begun to pre predict his death and resurrection, but the people are not quite understanding what he's saying. They're actually asking questions about power. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In response, Jesus invites a child to sit with him and references that child's vulnerability in the world. And he turns to the adults and he essentially says, if you are not going to take care of those who are at a disadvantage, you're going to cause problems for yourself and for society. He calls the children little ones, which most likely refers to their faith, not to their age. And then he says something fairly cryptic about their angels seeing the face of God. Now, this is not a reference to death. And it's not a reference to the more modern notion of guardian angels. The word angel in this case refers to spirit. So Jesus is essentially saying that people who practice a childlike faith are open to recognizing the presence of God, to seeing the face of God in their daily interactions. Take care of these people, in other words, he's saying, because they know something that you don't yet. They've learned something that you can't quite understand, and you need them. You need them, so don't lose track of them. Don't let them get lost. And he illustrates this point with the famous story about the shepherd who would leave the 99 to find the one who went astray. It's a parable, of course, and a parable is a specific kind of literary device where two things or two circumstances are thrown together to help us see something in a new way, to help us see as Jesus sees, to to catch the vision of Jesus. Well, vision is the underlying subject of our current two-part worship theme designed to help us anchor our intention for 2023 as a community of faith. You might be thinking it's the fourth Sunday in January. Well, the first three Sundays we talked about curiosity. We talked about commitment. We talked about identity as individual followers of Jesus. And so now it's time for us to consider what it means to follow Jesus as a community of faith, as this community of faith that we call Morningstar. It's pretty easy to see when we look around, although the room feels pretty good today, that our numbers are about half of what they were before the pandemic started. Even when we count those who are worshiping online, which we absolutely do because online is a valid way to worship. We can see too, when we look around the country that the church at large is struggling as people of faith are dying or walking away at rates much higher than they are born into or discover the church. That's obvious, right? It doesn't take vision of the daring kind to see that. That's just math. But what does take vision is discerning what to do about it. So at the beginning of the year, I began to ask the staff two questions. How are you going to encourage increased engagement with the people who are already here? And how are you going to reach out to the community? And I shared those questions with the church leadership board at our most recent meeting. And now I'm sharing them with you. 
knowing that many of you are already doing these two things in some way or another, right? But it's always good to ask the question so that we can discern what's next. How are you going to encourage increased engagement? And how are you going to reach out into the community? These questions go hand in hand and they can't be fully separated from each other. So we're going to talk a little bit about both of these questions today and next week. But let's start with increased engagement. And with this question, I'm really focused on all of you. Every year around this time, all pastors in the United Methodist Church are scheduled to meet with our district superintendents to talk about our appointments for next year. We're appointed on a yearly basis, right? It's one year to the next. And one of the questions that I was asked at my recent consultation was how many people would you say are back in worship, in person and online, how many people are back in worship at Morningstar since the pandemic began? So I asked Kathy to do some digging in our database, and she was able to tell me that in 2022, 378 people on our rolls had worshipped with Morningstar. 378. Our membership is 418, so that's not a bad number. It's a great number. Our average worship attendance on a given Sunday is hovering around 150. So obviously those numbers don't match, right? We have easily more than 300 people attending church here on a semi-regular basis, but no more than 150 on any given Sunday. And part of that is because of worship attendance trends beyond our control. When I began in the ministry, the average worship attendance for an individual or a family, and this is about 15 years ago, was three to four times a month. What do you think it is now? Once. Yeah. Once a month is the average worship attendance for individuals and for families. Now, I realize I'm talking to many of you who are here more than once a month. Many of you are here three or four times a month, but many of our brothers and sisters are not. So one fairly easy way we could increase our engagement and our average worship attendance is for all of us to show up every week. You may think it's my job to make that happen, but I'm one person. One person that many people who are not here don't even know very well. And you are 70 people who have relationships with people who are not here. Do you see where I'm going with this? If I make one invitation, even to everybody, that's, that's one invitation. But if everybody in this room makes an invitation, that's 70 invitations. And do invitations matter? Absolutely. You better believe it, they do. How many of you are here because somebody first invited you to Morningstar? Raise a hand. How many of you are in church at all because somebody invited you to attend church? Yeah. yeah. Invitation matters. Your parents count, by the way. Your parents count. If your parents took you to church, that counts. That's an invitation. So you seem a little reticent. To, to participate, and that's okay. Studies show that 80% of people who are in a church were invited by somebody at some point. That's 80%. Studies also show that 20% of people who are not involved in church right now say they would come if they were invited. 20%. But I have invited them, you might say, and they're not showing up. We have to remember 
that going to a new church for the first time is like going to somebody else's family reunion. It's intimidating. Right? You don't know the hidden rules. You don't know the inside jokes. You're not sure if you're going to be dressed properly. You're concerned that you might sit alone and no one will talk to you. That may be why it takes eight to nine invitations for someone to say yes and actually show up. Eight to nine. Now, that's not 89, but it's still a lot. Eight to nine. And repeatedly, repeatedly asking people to attend and when they're not showing up can feel like rejection to us. It can feel foolish. But that's okay, right? We pray for foolishness every week in this community. We pray for enough foolishness to believe that we really can make a difference in this world. And sometimes we think the difference is going to be in some grand accomplishment or grand gesture, but we make difference in the world through relationships, which begin with conversations that can include invitations. Beloved, this is a critical time in the life of the church, in the church at large and at Morningstar particularly, we cannot keep doing the same things and expect different results. Can't. But we can focus on our vision of inspirational worship and radical inclusion and the alleviation of suffering and invite others to see what God is up to with this ragtag group of ordinary people who are foolish enough to try, by God's grace, to do what others claim cannot be done. So what I'm saying here is that we have something at Morningstar that is worth inviting people to check out. We have something here at Morningstar that is worth inviting other people to check out. We do. So that's what we're going to do, right, Johnny and Carter? That's what we're going to do right now. Johnny and Carter Talley are coming around to give you an invitation that looks like this. I'm going to tell you what to do with it, so don't panic. And also a list of events that are coming up and a list of people that we can invite. We have these documents available online as well. Jason, my husband, is online with you today and he'll be dropping those links so that you can participate too. So what I'm asking you to do, as Guillermo comes, he's gonna give us some music to do this. What I'm asking you to do is to take some time with this card and look at the lists, look at the things that are coming up, and look at the suggestions of people that you can invite, and think about it. Pray about it. Allow God to reveal to you, to bring someone to mind, someone that you can invite to a specific event that's coming up in our community, and then write it all down. Write the name down, write the event down, the time down, and allow the Spirit to work in this moment. Take your time. It could be that you need to sit with us longer than this morning, and that's okay. But we're gonna take some time right now to sit in the music, to sit with these documents, and to ask God to speak to us about whom we might invite and to what. If you hear a word from God, go ahead and write it down. Either way, let's take a couple minutes. For I spoke a word you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. 
took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. No, the some of you are just getting the materials and that's okay and if you're still looking at a blank card for whatever reason don't worry about that god works in god's own timing it's my job to present you with the opportunities it's god's job to move you to participate but i would ask this please don't leave this material on your chair please don't put it in the recycle bin please don't toss it in the trash Give God the room to work with it, whenever that is. And if you filled out the card, great. Give it to the person who came to mind as soon as possible. And then wait and see what happens again in God's time. This is one practical way that we can reach out to the community, each of us. This is our part of the search, our part of caring for those who might be wandering, but also keeping ourselves from wandering at the same time. Our way of searching for that one, trusting that God's got the other 99, because we're all looking for people who might need to be reminded that they have a place to belong. This place. Because at Morningstar, we have committed to making sure that no one is standing outside on the porch watching her friends go to a party to which she was not invited. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. We're all sheep in the eyes of Jesus, in the vision of Jesus. And that doesn't mean that we're mindless. It means that we're harmless. We're innocent. We are meant to be protected. We're worthy of God's care. And we're all at risk of going astray. And that doesn't necessarily mean walking away from God completely, but it, it can mean wandering off of the path. And in a healthy community of faith, we are committed to caring for each other and to searching for those who are not among us for whatever reason, because that's how it works in the kingdom of God. The only place where sheep become shepherds. Did you catch that? We're all sheep. But we're all called to shepherd each other and to look for those who are not among us. The kingdom of God is the only place where sheep become shepherds. The only place where the invitation, the search, 
is half of the vision. Can you see it? What's the other half of the vision? Come back next week to find out and bring a friend. Amen? Amen. Let's move into a time of prayer, and I invite you to hold your invitations, whether they are filled out or not. Hold your invitations because we are going to pray for them, over them, over the people they represent or will represent, and Owen and Augie and Mara and Chris and Natalie and Emery. Do you have your crosses? In your worship bag, you will find your wooden cross. We can hold the wooden cross and be reminded that we are holding God's hand and we are connected to each other as we pray. So hold your wooden cross. Thank you, Augie. That's it. And hold your invitation and let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the great love that you have for us. We thank you for the great care that you take to call us back to the path when we begin to go astray and wonder where we belong. Thank you for creating in us the need to remain connected to you and to each other. Thank you for the courage you give us to reach out to those who might feel a little bit lost. Bless this act of invitation, we pray. Bless the giver and the receiver so that we all recognize that we stand in need of your grace. And may we catch in these moments a glimpse of your vision of the church and the world. And may we consistently make ourselves available to walk into that light together. Amen.